Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Break. I'm Father Roderick, and today I will be joined by Inge, our community manager, and we have a ton of topics to talk about, as well as a new, a few new elements in the show. If you are only listening to The Break normally and not to Father Roderick to the max, then you may be surprised. Hello, Inge. How are you doing today? Hello, Father. <laughs> I'm doing well. You're talking to me not in the studio. You're in your own studio. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we got you a good microphone, hopefully. Um, hopefully. It's, <laughs> it's, it's actually a little bit too good because it's picking up the, the noise of your of your PC. So yeah. I apologize in I advance. I need a new computer. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Um, I, I know that some people of the advisory board or the supervisory board are listening. So, yeah, yeah. soon there will be another <laughs> <laughs> another request for some gear. But that's what we do. So um, we're going to start, as usual, with the news of the week. And before I talk about that, I want to welcome a few new patrons, which Inge has uh, put in a list for me. So we've got um, four new patrons, which is awesome. We've got David... Ludi979, um, Ariman, who I think came, came over from, from the TikTok audience, and then we've got Adam Lind. And then we also have two community members that upped their tier, Janet Cyphus and Steve. Thank you so much. And they because they upped their tier to the $5 level, they get access to the, um, the new flagship show, which is uh, Story Secrets. Um, how was your week, Inge? It was warm and it was busy. Uh, so yeah. it. Uh, so I live in a new apartment and we have had a uh, southern Euro- southern European summer here in the Netherlands uh, so far. Yeah. Uh, so your your first walking event day w- got cancelled because of that. And um, yeah, and I, since I live in a new apartment and it's well insulated, it means also when it's hot, it stays warm. So um, yeah. And I think your cat shows you what to do on days like that, right? It's just sleep. Yeah. Sleep all day and then run yeah. around all night. <laughs> yeah, basically. And uh, lie on your back. Uh, so, yeah. All, on all four, with all fours uh, stretched out. So, yeah. Let me know yeah. how that's working Sometimes for you. I wish I was a cat when I see <laughs> yes. him lying like that. Yeah. I definitely felt like a like a lazy cat uh, this week because <clears throat> I've been recovering from the, the walk of the world last week. Which took actually way longer than I thought. Um, I, I thought that, that once I uh, had the weekend behind me, I would be up and running again, literally running. But I was still like barely able to walk from Monday till Wednesday. One of the reasons was that I actually had developed a blister on my Ow. right pinky toe and and uh blisters are the worst i mean it's tiny i put like a a special like blister bandage on it and then it just started to get worse during the weekend i was like i was supposed to feel that while i was walking not when i'm done walking and i want to get back to life so it's only yesterday that finally the kind of the pain subsided and i noticed that if if you have a blister uh, you start to to walk like not, I wasn't walking straight, and especially on Monday, I remember I was going out for groceries, and there's this very, very old guy that lives in the village here, and he walks with a stroller, and he actually passed me by. <laughs> he went faster <laughs> than I was. I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm so ready to star in the movie Up now. 
<laughs> it was crazy. But anyway, I'm, I'm glad that most of the pain is, is gone. I still am sore, so my, my legs are still hurting. Uh, and tomorrow is Saturday. We're recording this on Friday afternoon. Tomorrow, I am supposed to join my running group again because I told them, hey, I cannot run with you because of the walk of the world, but the, the, the Saturday, the next Saturday, I'll be there with you. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> you can always say no. Uh, yeah, but I've already kind of basically um, chickened out for, for three weeks now. So, yeah, I, I, I want to go back. Uh, because ah. I miss them. They're nice people. It's a kind of my mm -hmm. social moment during during the week that is not virtual, that is not digital. <laughs> I need that. Um, I also am very proud that I that I finally was able to plan my vacation. Uh, so as you know, every year I go on vacation with uh, three other friends. All three are priests. This year they wanted to go to Italy, to Tuscany, uh, where it's very, very hot. And I don't mind going to Italy, except I don't want to drive there. And two of the of the group of four wanted to go by car. And Father Henry is one of them, and he he uh, asked me to uh, to go to go with him in his car. He said you can save some money, etc. But then I was I was looking at the trajectory, and it it basically takes two days uh, unless you drive for twelve hours and make no stops. Uh, it, it takes two days to get there. I was like, no, no, I don't want that. I'm, I'm getting too old for that. So I booked a flight to Pisa um, and I will just basically lean against that tower for a while until they arrive. <laughs> so I'm going to fly to Pisa. Um, I'm going to then take the train. Thankfully, uh, railways are, are amazing in Italy and not very expensive or cheaper than in the Netherlands. So I'm just going to take the train from Pisa station to whatever town is near this hole in the ground where they rented the cottage. I don't even know where it is. I can't find it on Google Maps. I, I hope it's there. <laughs> I hope that we didn't get swindled. But so I'm going to take the, 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 the train... And then, I don't know, maybe I'll have to get a cab or walk um, because this, this little cottage is in a tiny little village in the middle of the hills of Tuscany. It's a bit south of, of Florence. And uh, I hope that I can get the key and then they want me to already kind of, kind of uh, ready the house for when they arrive the next day. So that's going to be fun. And then uh, Michel, Father Michel, also didn't want to to uh, to go uh, by car. Uh, he's actually in, or he will be in Rome the days before our vacation. So I told him, you just take the train. You know, why would you go fly back to Luxembourg and then and then drive all the way back to Italy when you're already in Italy? It doesn't make sense. So he too is going to uh, to yeah. take the train, and uh, and and I think that the cottage has air conditioning. I, I noticed that. It, it, I hope so. <laughs> Oh my goodness! They're going through this incredible heat wave, uh, like a lot of places in Europe. I, I heard that even in Ireland, it's hotter than it's ever been this summer. So, so yeah. I always had this like escape. Like if 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 ever I need to switch plans and I need a place where it's cool in Europe and that's affordable, I will go to Ireland. No more. It's just not possible. Yeah, I heard that the same. Um 
weather system, so a kind of jet stream, mm -hmm. is responsible for uh, heat waves in the whole northern northern hemisphere. So in the United States, it's also very hot. Oh yeah, in parts. I, I, I heard that I saw a heat map of the United States and it was all red and just a few fringes that were orange. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, despite the, the heat and despite the, the, this approaching vacation, I've been uh, working hard on um, uh, uh, creating some new content. And if you follow me on on YouTube, on the Lego channel, the Brick Priest channel, on the documentary channel, and on the main channel, you may have seen a couple of videos that I've posted. And I'm, I'm trying, and, and Inge, you're, you're the psychologist, uh, but I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to fight this perfectionism that I struggle for, uh, from, you know, this, this idea that, or even imposter syndrome. So I'm doing these Star Wars videos and I, I barely ever post because I feel like, oh, but I'm, I'm, I'm not an expert. I, I just like Star Wars, but I, I, people won't take me seriously because I know nothing <laughs> compared to all the other YouTubers. You're a Star Wars priest. I know, but but I'm just a priest who likes Star Wars, so I have to overcome this idea that whenever I do a video, it has to be like super well researched and it has to like be nicely edited. And so the other day, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit in front of the camera and I'm gonna talk about something I'm passionate about. And it unfortunately was kind of something I felt negatively about. I usually try to be positive because, well. Uh, there is a lot of toxicity in and around Star Wars among certain fans. But I knew that I had to talk about this book that I tried to read this, this week. Um, and we'll talk about it in the book segment as well. And I just didn't get it. I, I thought it was badly written. It was a book about Star Wars. And so I, I basically, instead of going on a rant, which was my initial uh, idea, like I'm just going to do a, a rant of a book. I was like, no, no, no. Let, how, can I, how, how can I reframe this in a positive way? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn this into a cry for help. Like, guys, I need your help. I'm trying to read this Star Wars book and I don't like it. What am I doing wrong? And, and what was funny is that it helped me to just speak off the cuff with a lot of passion. And the fact that I was struggling with something instead of being, you know, Mr. Star Wars professor, let me tell you uh, what you can learn this week about Star Wars. I, it, it got a lot of engagement. So people started posting like, oh, but you have to read the comics or yeah, actually I really didn't like that book either, but hold on, it's going to get better. And, and so I learned this week that by just being myself, instead of trying to be the, the equivalent of the Tolkien professor for, for the Star Wars fans, um, it actually helped the channel and people were much more engaged than on previous posts. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope but to continue that. People who are very not knowledgeable, and so like people who like lecturing, are boring to listen to. Not all, not all. I do follow a couple of Star Wars fans, like their Star Wars theory is a guy, I actually met him in, uh, in Anaheim. I've been following him for years. And he's so knowledgeable. So he, he does mm -hmm. these explainer videos, but they, they are so well polished. And, and so when I met him in Anaheim, I asked him, how do you do it? How do, you, how do you create these videos almost on a daily basis? And, and he gave me a totally unexpected uh, reply. He just looked up and he said, yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so much work. I'm so exhausted. I'm thinking, ah, that's, that's the side of these successful creators that you don't see. So he's got like a million followers. But what we don't realize is just that day and night he's working on that one channel. 
And I'm thinking, yeah. do, I, do I even aspire to that? Is that worth the price? I don't think so. So anyway, I'm just using these YouTube channels to get over my, mm-hmm. my, my desire for perfectionism. And, and I, what I would like to do is to make YouTube videos in the same way we do the podcast. It's just chatting. And, and it's not that we're just like sitting here like, uh, uh, so um, uh, did anything happen this week? Um, um, no, I mean, we're engaged. We, we love to talk about stuff, but we're, we're not overthinking it. And, and that's the kind of dynamic that I think works really well for podcasting. And I want that on video as well. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl and that kid sees dead people and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. I'm going to give it to you. So yesterday, the news broke that Amazon is now raising prices for Prime almost everywhere and not a little bit in germany for instance it's our neighbors they are raising the price for prime annually with 30 percent it's insane and of course we know why they do that uh the rings of power it's yeah. just around the corner and they launched their full trailer. I just didn't expect them to be so obvious. It's like, okay, everybody is now more excited about the Rings of Power than, than let's say, a half a year ago. I have to, The trailer looks amazing. But then that Amazon would immediately say, oh, so now we have you. Here's the carrot. And, oh, by the way, give, give us your wallet. I did not expect them to do that. And for some reason they didn't up the prices here in the Netherlands because you and I, we're still having a super, super cheap Amazon Prime subscription, isn't it? I th- what is it? Like I three bucks? three euros per month. Three euros. Three euros. <laughs> I, I know that m- almost 99% of our listeners are now like, what? <laughs> no, but yeah, it's... But it's to be honest, there wasn't much, but much in the catalog for, for a long time. It's so. true. It's true. Amazon yeah. used Prime Video in the Netherlands to gain market share. And um, in a lot of other countries where they're upping the price, they already have, they're the the dominant uh, online retailer, but not in the Netherlands because we have alternatives. We have bowl.com, which is a really, like, it's, it's, it, it was a clone of, of Amazon way before Amazon yeah. was introduced in the Netherlands. And, and they got so much market share. Uh, we've got, uh, what's the blue, the blue thing? The, the cool blue. Cool blue. Cool Blue, yeah. it's almost everybody buys their electronics. It's Cool Blue, not at Amazon. They too have a massive market share. And, and w- my idea is that Amazon hasn't upped the price because they know that the Dutch have alternatives and we, we are thrifty. And so if the moment they would raise the prices to, let's say, eight bucks uh, a, a month, I'm sure that, that the majority of people would, would stop paying for Prime uh, because yeah, there, there's so much else. Yeah, also because there's an alternative for Prime, for the videos, videoland.nl. That's so true. The, yeah, the they blockbuster have, chain, yes, yes. Uh, what we had, is, is now an online streaming platform. That's true. So, yeah, so they, it would be stupid to raise the pl- prices because they would lose their customers. It, I totally forgot about that because uh, Videoland, 
that was yeah you're you're right that was the blockbuster in the, in the netherlands that's where i would used to rent uh, the 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 vhs cassettes when i was yeah. in my first parish and and oftentimes at least for the first three years i even rented every time i went to i uh, rented a movie i always also rented the entire device so i didn't have a yeah. video recorder myself so then they gave you this big suitcase this black suitcase on heart heart uh, what was it like a heart shell and then on the inside there was this huge video player that you had to connect via this scart cable to the back of your humongous television i i still had like i loved a big screen but at in those days a big screen came with a huge <laughs> box uh, that television yeah. took three people to to uh, move from one room to another yeah Yeah, when I was a student, I uh, every city had this video land or mo mo multiple uh, um, um, stores, uh -huh. and th they had a, a partnership with Air Miles. And if you would, as uh, so I would save Air Miles while doing groceries, and you could uh, transfer your Air Miles to 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 get credit for renting uh, videos. Uh -huh. So as a student, I would would rent videos from my Air Miles. So I never wow. paid. For <laughs> <it>. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad that ch times have changed. But of course, one thing never changes and that someone needs to make money on this <laughs> to yeah. finance all that. And of course, Netflix yeah. is in big trouble right now uh, because their market share has, has tumbled and uh, people are unsubscribing. You've got huge competition from, from Disney. Um, HBO Max has entered the market. And I have to say, I, I took a subscription for business purposes because I just need to stay informed but i i don't regret it because hbo max definitely has good quality content uh there's going to be the the house of uh what is it house of dragons uh so this mm -hmm. the the prequel to game of thrones that that is going Looks to very good as well yeah i think it's going to be well i'm, I'm definitely going to watch it <laughs> so I, I, and i'm actually glad that there are so many different parties because it means that they have to compete with one another Whereas I think in the United States, Amazon is just one of the big players. And uh, people are so used to ordering um, through through Amazon that, that if you want to get that free delivery, um, it, it just makes it almost compulsory to, to get Amazon Prime. Steph in the chat wants to know if, if what we pay three bucks a month is, is only for video or do you get other Prime stuff? Well, we, we do get Everything. free delivery. We don't get the free books So the I think Amazon Prime in 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 the US comes with also a Kindle subscription. So you can basically read any like yeah, a, a Kindle huge Unlimited. And that that's yeah. pretty nice, but I would rather just yeah, that's pay for my books. Yeah, that's separate here. So that's uh, 10 bucks per month. Yeah, that's a lot. Kindle that's a Unlimited. lot. Yeah. I pay I pay 12 bucks for for uh, basically the equivalent of Audible, which is Storytel. And so I've got unlimited audiobooks. I'd rather have that. I think that's a much better deal than than ten bucks for just you know written books. I, I I usually buy my. This is not the book segment. Why are we talking about books? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was going to. This was a whole lead in to the whole the discussion about the Rings of Power trailer. Uh, did Did you watch it, Inge? Not yet. I've been busy with. Uh End of the month uh, administration for Tridio. I think you're going to be blown away because you're you're the resident Tolkien expert, so you're going to recognize <laughs> what this is all about. I'm just looking at that and it's like, oh, that looks so cool. Oh, look, an orc. And then at the end, there's a big surprise. I won't spoil it for you. There's this other creature that is that is just glimpsed, and I was like, 
What? Okay, I need to talk with Inga about this because I don't understand why this is in this trailer. But oh my gosh, I I I I think this is going to be mind-blowingly yeah. good. So this is uh, taking place in the time of the Treeks. So that's that's uh, the I what? Tell Per. The so treeks? first, be before this is the first age ended uh -huh. because the the trees, the two trees, tell tell Perry. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Got they're no, they're not no longer there the trees no so that and then the second age starts because the yes. the, the light of the of the of the world is is, is not longer uh, illuminated by the trees but uh -huh. the, I, th I think that we do see the trees which is awesome because there's going to be this big flashback I think it's going to be part of this establishing narrative with Galadriel um, mm -hmm. and so that mimics what what they did in Lord of the Rings as well. Um, and, and I love that we get to see at least some glimpses of the first era uh, because it's, it's such an important backdrop for understanding what's really at stake in this Numenor world, which is all about kind of like this desire to reclaim paradise. Uh, at least that's yeah. how I interpret it. This, there's this yeah. nostalgia. We want to be immortal, but we are no longer immortal be because we gave that up, and, but we want it back. And that creates like this... They yeah. they want something that they can't have, uh, yeah, which that's also f that's also in the Silmarillion. So there's mm -hmm. a big, so the first uh, you could sail to the, to the Undying Lands, mm -hmm. uh, but now uh, this, it was just part of Middle Earth. But then it, it, there was a, a rift, so it, you can no longer get, go there, and so yeah. the so they had to go to Numenor. But they're gonna try. Yeah. They're gonna try. I think yeah. to go there. Yeah. And there is at least one shot in the trailer which shows like a, a sea where it's a huge storm. I wonder if that's part of, of the story where they're trying to leave yeah, Numenor and, and, and reach the Undying Lands or whatever it is. Yeah, but that, that is also in the Silmarillion. It has been an attempt. I know, but, but it's actually, I don't think it's in the appendices. At least not that I was aware of. So it's it's pretty cool that we get to see a lot of these this extra stuff that I didn't expect to see. So um, to all the naysayers, I would say wait and see because give it a, give it a chance. What I've seen so far, yeah. I think this is this is going to be you know Game of Thrones times ten. It it, it is yeah. everything I hope to see and and more. I also watched uh, a, a series. I, I, I started rewatching a series that I had given up on uh, after three episodes, which is Star Trek Lower Decks. It's kind of uh, it's an animated series uh, based on on Star Trek, and it's it tells the story of all these unknown people that work on a big spaceship, uh, but that you never get to see in the series because they're just you know like people walking in corridors. That so it created a whole like comedy show based in in animated comedy show based on those like unknowns basically in Star Trek and the first 3 episodes were very frantic very like not really my kind of humor but people kept telling me stay stay with it it's going to get better it's actually going to get really really good and very very star star trek and so, and and yeah, that's absolutely happening. I'm hooked now. It's a really great series. And what made me love the series even more is that I discovered that there is, well, obviously there is, but I didn't know it was any good. There is an official podcast, a Star Trek podcast, which I never really was interested in because I, I, I was like, oh yeah, it's just going to be basically the usual corporate podcast where it's all boring and it's just one big publicity channel for their shows 
How wrong was I? They have two of the main hosts of the podcast are actually the voice actors of the main characters in Star Trek Lower Decks. And they're a hoot. They're so funny. They have a great interaction. Um, and then they, they invite lots of, like the main actors of all these different series, they, they invite them on the show and they have a really in-depth conversation with them it's not just like this promotional thing like how did you like your new costume like for instance captain pike the actor who plays captain pike i forgot his name um he's amazing he is the best star trek uh captain i like him more than i like picard i'm not kidding you and uh but it turns out the actor himself the actor in real life is very much into astronomy, into science, into like searching for extraterrestrial life. Not like a UFO, uh, uh, you know, crazy guy, but from a scientific point of view, trying to find extraterrestrial life. So he's got this conversation on the podcast, which is like, wait a minute, is this Neil, the, the uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse, uh, how do you pronounce his name? I never pronounce his last name. <laughs> you, Neil, Neil deGrasse something. Neil deGrasse, yeah. you know the guy. Anyway. I know, uh, yeah. <laughs> and because it's on that level, it was so interesting. I'm thinking, wow. And here I was thinking, well, it's just a, a an actor with really good hair. <laughs> but no, it's actually a super interesting guy. And yeah. I so I, I love listening to that that podcast. And now that I have gotten used to the voices of these two characters, these main uh, oh, Anson Mount, that's his name, yeah. Um, uh, uh, now, I, I, when I'm watching the series, I'm like, I'm almost fans of, 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 the, of the series because of the podcast. So, Neil deGrasse Tyson. What kind of name is that? Thank you, Michiel. I'm so bad with names. Neil deGrasse Tyson. That, that, is that like, it sounds French. DeGrasse and then Tyson. But Tyson. Tyson sounds like, isn't there a, like a... Uh, um, uh, I, I have to th think about hovers or vacuum cleaners. Or vacuum cleaners, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> vacuum cleaners. Anyway, we need to move on. <laughs> when I'm when I'm chatting with a co-host, I'm always tempted to not look at the at the clock. I forget about time. But um, we're, we're, this is a new segment for those of you that uh, are only listening to the break. This comes from uh, my previous show, Father Roderick to the Max. And this is where we step into the kitchen. And both Inge and I are uh, always in the kitchen, trying out new recipes, uh, figuring out how to cook, how to cook on a budget, how to stay healthy. Um, only uh, I think Inge's kitchen is less often filled with a nuclear meltdown in my kitchen because I tend to forget what I put on the fire. So have you? what have you been trying out this week, Inge? Um, I've been trying out... Uh, I, I had to have those... Um, um, yeah, they are uh, uh, rectangular. And uh, you, you make... You make um, rectangular what? So, so sheet pans. So they are re rectangular. Oh, sheet pan. Oh, yeah. You didn't yeah. mention the sheet pan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We have this rectangular. Um, what, what is the <laughs> recipe for a rectangular? I would I love like, to. It's like, it's getting very abstract, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's Friday afternoon. I was like, what's the name? What's the name of the thing? Um, pan. Yeah. Sheet pan. Sheet pan. So they, what they is are, a sheet they, pan? It's, it's, it's a rectangular. Sorry, I was trying to. It's a rectangular, like a baking tray, uh -huh. but it's a little bit higher. It has a, it's a, it's a edge. And, and you put you can put it in the oven, so it's not like a, a, a oven dish, but it's it's very very lower than that. So it's 
So okay. it's not a baking tray, it's also not an oven dish. It's, it's kind of the, the, the child between a baking tray and an oven dish. Okay. So, um, and you, you can align them with aluminum foil, aluminum foil. Uh-huh. It depends on what, part, what country you're living. And then you can put stuff in it. But I was, my baking trays were sitting there and I never used them. Okay. And then I, I, I had a, a, a delivery for, for uh, I went to the supermarket to get a to go, to good to go package. And there was a whole chicken in it. So oh, whole, nice. Yeah. Oh, no, and I was Yummy. like, what, what the heck am I to go, going to do with this? Because I'm one person that's, this is a whole chicken. Ah, so, so many uh, different uh, things you could do. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, so then I w- went online and uh, it also needed to be uh, not taking lots, um, a lot of time because I am busy. Mm-hmm. So then um, I have this uh, cooking book. So I yeah. can show it to the people in the chat room. Ing is now showing to the camera a cooking book, which is called Smitten Kitten, Sm- ki- ki- every Smitten day. Kitchen Every Day. Yeah. So it's uh, Smitten Kitchen is a website. So it's a oh. cooking blog. And we, uh, we both know it because our Brussels sprout recipe comes from Smith & Kitchen. Oh, the famous mustard Brussels yes, sprouts yes, recipe. Yes, yes, yeah. Which yeah, changed my one. life. That one, yeah. That and Jesus. So that was like... When <laughs> <laughs> so so that I was like, oh, but if you know, so if you want to make something non-fussy and you don't know what to do, you go to Smith & Kitchen. So now I have the, have the cookbook. And so... Um, uh, what 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 they what what they um, ha- uh, features a recipe? I will link it to the to the in the show notes. It's a chicken tikka, so it's the the, the Indian oh, tikka good. Yeah, I love chicken, that. and with mm-hmm. all kinds of vegetables. And you just basically toss it on the on the on the on the sheet tray, uh-huh. and you just uh, put it in the oven, and then you have to the, the first do the chicken, and then the, later the the the, the, the the vet- vegetables uh-huh. and then uh, you just bake it and then you can just um you have to you have just the, the, the marinade and everything yeah and you, de- you can put it on on the table like that and so no pans to to wash it is just uh, a big big uh baking tray with with, with good goodies you have the rice uh next to it and you can have and then just dig in so i just mm, nice. dissected the chicken with the with, with shears and then put all the parts on the on the baking tray put uh-huh. on the the, the rest of the of the vegetables and then um, baked it and it was so, so yummy and it was so easy to make so I was like hey that's an, uh, I always like those story. recipes when they're easy to make and not yeah and and you can eat several days from it I'm currently uh, <laughs> I have a huge construction on my on my de- uh, kitchen top uh, and it consists of a plank on top of that is um, a uh, a towel. And there's another towel involved. And then there is this uh, big box w- that I use for all my equipment. So there's a hammer in there. There's like, like heavy stuff. <laughs> and, and it's resting on top of that, it, of that tower. And then in between two towels and on top of that plank, there are actually two huge blocks of tofu. So tofu is... Okay. is, is, is well, I'm I'm trying to cook with tofu because it's it's healthy and it's uh, you know it's veg uh, what is it uh, 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 soy based ba- based so it's it's a good alternative if you want protein but you don't want to eat meat. But I, I've I've learned through TikTok that the best way to prepare tofu is to first drain it from water because there's a lot of water content and that's how my mom always used to use uh, make. 
prepare tofu. It was just straight from the packet. And then it gets this kind of, it's still very wet and soggy and it ugh, has Rubbery. no taste. Yeah, so I, the, apparently you have to press it, press the water out. So I first tried to do that manually, and then the tofu was everywhere because I <laughs> applied a little <laughs> bit too too much pressure. And then I looked it up. It's like no, it it it's better to do it like put some weight on it, and then uh, g- get back to it like 15 minutes later, and then a lot of the water will have drained. So what I hope, and I don't know because I'm upstairs and my kitchen is downstairs, I hope that the water that was in the tofu is now in the towels. And not on my I kitchen top and on the floor. <laughs> Steph says, I squeezed a block of tofu between two plates to drain it. I tried that. I tried that. I almost broke the plates. Um, <laughs> and it's like huge. Now, another thing that I'm not certain about. So first of all, I don't know if this is going to help. Because once you drain it from water, it, of course, will be much easier for the tofu to soak up the marinade. And you can you can make it crispy, which is what you want. Um the thing is, this is tofu that I bought in February, and it has been in my fridge. And uh, I, I don't know, I don't know anything about tofu. It's, 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 it's protein based. So I'm thinking it still looks the same as when I bought it, but the expiration date was February 2022. And then I was like, a Google, Google, can I still eat tofu after uh, a year uh, past the expi- expiration date? Uh, and then the advice was basically just smell it. And if it smells a little bit sour, then toss it away. So I'm like, uh, it smells, uh, how how is it supposed to smell? I don't even know how it's supposed to smell. I, I smell something, but is this bad? So what I'm going to do now, and this may be my last podcast, I'm just going to prepare it. I'm going to marinate it. I'm going to really heat it like very, very much. And I'm going to eat it. And if it tastes good, I'm just going to trust that I'm still here tomorrow. If not, then Inge, you are free to take over the break for the rest of your days. <laughs> uh, but it has a positive size, this. What? You, you actually get to use your toolbox now. That's true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> On to the next topic. <laughs> when did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? Okay, so about reading. So I was I was trying to get back into uh, Star Wars: The High Republic. Now, for those of you that are not very familiar with with uh, this 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 part of the franchise, Star Wars, of course, um, has has flourished with all the new TV shows. But that's only uh, guiding people to Disney Plus, which is very good for Disney. But there is more money to be made, of course. In uh, the collectors, they bring in a lot of money. But then you also have the books, and there's this whole expanded universe that has always been very profitable for for the owners of Star Wars. I don't even know who owns the rights to the books. I guess it's also Lucasfilm or Disney now. And so, <clears throat> the the thing is with the books, it, they've they've been rebooting what they call the expanded universe. So back in the days when we had had the last prequel, we as Star Wars fans thought that that's it. There's going to be no more Star Wars, and so they give they gave uh, writers license to develop the story of Luke and Leia and Han Solo and their kids and grandchildren and whatnot in book form. However, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, there was like, 
Um, yeah, we may actually want to ignore all that stuff in the books because if that stays canon, there's nothing we can do. Um, and so they 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 relegated the existing expanded universe to what they call legends. So it's basically now mythology. You can still read those books and enjoy them, but it's no longer part of the the official timeline. And they re- rewrote a lot of the uh, of the stories after <clears throat> now the sequels and also after the the, the original trilogy. But there's only so much you can do to not collide with what they're currently developing for television. And so they decided, why don't we just go back in time and take a a part of Star Wars history that has no stories, that nobody knows about? And they decided to pick as a time frame, um, I think it's a couple of hundred years before A New Hope. And uh, what they wanted to develop is this world where the Jedi were still the central you know, force of unity and, and peace in the universe, which kind of sounds boring. How do you create stories that are about the times where everything went well? You need conflict. And so they introduced a new, big, very scary enemy called the Nihil, uh, Latin for nothing, and, uh, and they are terrorizing the galaxy, the known galaxy, and the Jedi, of course, have to do what they can to protect the people from these Nihil. Now, you know, it sounds okay. Uh, I started to read the first book that was written for this new, to introduce us into this new part of Star Wars history, and it's called The Light of the Jedi. And it was, it was so boring. And the big issue that I had was you start reading this book and it starts with a major catastrophe. The hyperspace lanes have been compromised. Nobody can travel safely anymore. So you think, oh, wow, I like this idea. We've never seen that in Star Wars. And then there's this this female starship captain. And the, the, the first few chapters describe how she's managing her ship. She's from the military, so she's very disciplined and just. And like, oh, I like this. It's just like a, a, a strong female hero. And I love it that they kindly kind of do uh, something different from what the Empire would do, where it's always, you know, these, these British dudes who are commanding these big starships now we got a female captain i like her already and then i turn the page and she dies because the nihil attacked her ship or whatever and then she is never to be heard of again and then the next chapter starts with like on this other planet and like wait so i just invested all my energy and all my attention into getting to know this captain Uh, you get my hopes up and then you kill her off and then we we reboot the story and it's like as if nothing happened. What? And then they, actually that happens again and again and again. So we keep switching between all these new characters and they all have Star Wars names. Inge, you, you've played these Star Wars video games like the, uh, what is it, Old Republic video game? You remember like every alien yeah. has a weird name. It's never like, yeah. that. this is John Doe from Tatooine. No, it's always, this is Navik Karash from the planet Upshkala. And <laughs> his parents, Nifal Kramba and Taka Mupu, <laughs> left him as an orphan on the planet Knupneth. Okay. So that, that's kind of the, the language that you're, you're wading through. And it's, it's, it's a book, right? So you don't have pictures. So you're like, Knupta was actually a Fremer. A Fremer is a type of alien from the planet Ushknuf. 
Okay, so now we've got Ushknuf. Ushknuf, wait a minute. Was that the other Ufknuf? No, Ufknuf is a different planet. That's the Swedish. That's where the Swedish chef is from. So what is... So Ufknuf. So Ufknuf is the planet between Tedouine and then the planet of Kurshkva. I'm just making up these names. But like every chapter has like a ton of these words, no visual cues, and and it's all introduction. And and and... So I was at the halfway point of this book. I'm thinking, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm not interested in this. Why didn't they just give us like three people that could take us by the hand and, and, and bring us to the next planet and then you get, like you build up an emotional attachment and then, so, and then when something happens to them, you, you're like, oh my gosh. But then they survive. Read the next book. That's how, that's how television does it. But with these books, it's all world building and they totally forget to give us friends in this universe and star star wars is all about relationships and friendship and family and i don't see that in this first book so that's why i created this cry for help on my youtube page it's like help me out here because i don't get it and of course most hmm. people tell me what they always tell me yeah father roderick's just the first book yeah it's not very good keep reading keep reading it will get better over time yeah yeah <laughs> what am i going to do Inge? <laughs> It's interesting when you were describing this this first uh, female starship ca captain and everything. I was like, hey, this sounds like the first season of Star, Star Trek Discovery. Yep, yep. Although they didn't kill off Michael in, in episode two. No, but uh, <laughs> Georgiou. Yeah, Georgiou too. Yeah, Georgiou, they killed her off. Yeah, but then she came back even more evil than she already was. Yeah, but that's not the same one. That was one from the parallel universe. Yeah, but then she stuck around forever and ever. And yeah. now I think she even gets her own Star Trek spin-off. I don't know. But anyway, um, I, I'm just trusting my, my uh, followers on YouTube. And I'll, yeah, I'll finish the book. I'll read a few more books. And maybe I'll pick up some comic books. But uh, oh, boy. What have you been reading uh, lately? Uh, I've, um, been, I've started a book I've, uh, that has been lying around here for a long time. Because a friend of mine gifted it, who is completely... Uh, over the top fan of the uh, the world of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. Oh, okay. And I, 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 I'm, I'm like with the Star Wars book you just described. I tried uh, reading the Chronicles of Narnia, and I, uh -huh. I, it, 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 and I, I, I'm used to reading Tolkien and that kind of stuff, and I didn't never got got into Narnia. Yeah, and Narnia so is she, a little bit more like a fairy tale uh, compared to. Yeah, so it was to too Tolkien. for me too childish, and it was like. Yeah, Aslan is Jesus, and, that, and so it's it's too in your face, and uh -huh. I, I don't like that. So now she 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 sent me a book by Michael Ward called Planet Narnia: The Seven Heavens of the Imagination of C.S. Lewis. Uh -huh. So and that's the, uh, he's a scholar, medieval scholar, and he he, he um, explains the 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 the, uh, the subtle mythology. So the how. Uh, how it uh, it's coming together. Uh -huh. So there are seven books, and uh, so it. Uh, he he argues that it's it's a mirror of the of the medieval cosmology. So uh, where, where there oh. were seven planets, and uh, and so the first book um, 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 has for the, the I don't know exactly. I have, haven't read, read yeah. that this far yet, but every every book is centered around one of the planets oh. of the of the of the medieval medieval cosmology. So he just um, describes that, and he he just. Um, dissecting Lewis, and that it's much more subtle, uh -huh. and there are much more. There's much more to Narnia than meets the eye. Yeah. So now she's she's kind of arguing. First, read this book, 
and then try again. That's funny so, because look at what I just added uh, the other day to my Storytel account. The same that, book. That's, that's the same the book. Same yeah. book. I was, I was, I'm following a few uh, Tolkien nerds on uh, on start on uh, on TikTok. One of yeah. them is a female priest, uh, like an Episcopalian priest from the United States. She's yeah. very nerdy, and 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 she. I, one of the first videos I saw of her, she was heavily promoting this book, and I was like, okay, yeah. oh, that's interesting. I, I need to check that out. I found it on Storytel. So, um, and it was the same argument. Uh, the same argument is like, this is so interesting because it's, this is a, a very scholarly approach of the mm -hmm. world of Narnia. And if you've read this, you will read those books in a totally different way. I always like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe I should uh, read that Maybe as well. we should read it together and then we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it next week. Okay, okay. Challenge accepted. Uh, well, next week I'm on vacation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you hear the birds, you hear the calming music. This is another new segment here on the show about the wonders of creation, nature, and sustainability. Because, of course, we want this world to be around for a while. Now, uh, sustainability, I've, I've been reading a book uh, this week, or I'm in the middle of reading a book called Hot Mess. It's uh, written by Matt Winning, who is both, a, I think, a scientist and or actually a climate uh, scientist, but he's also a comedian. And he wanted to, to write a book about the current climate crisis, but he wanted it to be fun. And, and I was like, okay, I like that already. Because every time we hear about global warming and, and, and everybody is now, of course, uh, very concerned with uh, the, all these heat waves and the, the, the climate is changing and has already changed. And so it's, it's on top of people's minds, but it's always with this sense of dread, like, oh my gosh, it's, it's the end of the world. Or with anger, like it's all fake and it's all made up and it's, there is no climate change and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of controversy around it. This, this guy said... I'm going to write the funniest, most entertaining book about climate change that I can come up with. And I have to say, I'm listening to the audiobook version and he reads it himself. It is really hilarious. But at the same time, it's super informative. It's very, you know, I'm learning a lot about um, how, how they, first of all, how climate change is studied, how scientifically proven it is. Um, and, and also it, it wants to constantly get back to you. So, Given this situation, what are you going to do? What can you do? And I love kind of the lighthearted approach of that. And, and his goal is actually to, to, to reach a larger audience because, because of all the controversy around uh, climate change and, uh, and, and also the fear that it instills in us. He's like, okay, but, but still, <laughs> you also can, can approach this uh, optimistically and uh, knowing what we know It, it also gives us tools to, to change our behavior and, and thereby obviously also impacting or changing the, the, the world in which we live. Now, for you, Inge, this is, this is kind of a, a thing you do all the time. It's always like thinking about what, what can I do to, uh, to, to reduce my, my carbon footprint and to live healthier and, and, and to, you know. So what, what are you, some of your tips? Well, yeah. So the the the, the what I'm try been trying to do I have, since like Frefix, like uh, my basic start starting point is I want to leave this planet in a better shape than I found it. 
So Oh, you, the planet in better shape. I thought you were talking yeah. about you in better shape. Like, I want to be ripped <laughs> when I go to heaven. Like, <laughs> kill me when I'm so, super fit. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, it's also, it's, 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 it's basically, uh, uh, when you read the Bible, it's, all, it, it's, it's paradise has been lost. And, that's, and mm -hmm. you should read it in the Bible in Genesis. And basically, when you look at the side of the window, that's what happens again. So it's, my, in the back of my mind is always... What can I do? What little can I do to to make it better? And mm -hmm. so one of the uh, things with, with climate change is um, the carbon dioxide yeah, in, sure. in the atmosphere, and and so uh, use of f uh, fossil fuels. And one of the uh, ways fossil fuels or oil is mm -hmm. used is by making plastic. Ah, uh, sure. And, and so, plastic itself is also uh, creating a massive environmental yeah. problem right now. So it's a, it's a double whamm whammy. So yeah. when you try to reduce your the amount of plastic in, in your life, then you're um, reducing the, the, the demand for f fossil fuels yeah. for oil because they don't need it for you. So give me some examples of, of plastic that you got rid of in your life. Um, the first the f the, f the first uh, thing I did is. Uh, um, Trying to uh, get uh, shampoo bars, for example, oh. shampoo bars, and, and so in solid for make it yeah. like leave out the water, leave out the, the plastic packaging. So then you have you can transport more of, of, of the stuff. I tried. Didn't you give me those little like? Yes, they the, almost the look like sweets. And yeah. I took them to Ireland. 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 Yeah. I tried to wash my hair with them, and then. It was like really, it was crumbling. So I had, I felt like my entire hair was was covered in Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So those are the, those were the, the, the little ones. So the, 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 so what they are now doing is uh, there's a Dutch company called Happy Soaps. So that's uh -huh. also the one uh, uh, I gifted to you. Is they try to make a body lotion, and so they ah, okay. leave out the water, mm -hmm. leave out, so you can do it. Uh, you don't need to. It's not liquid anymore, so you can put a car cardboard packaging on around it. Yeah. Uh, body lotion, shaving uh, for the shaving, mm -hmm. uh, shampoo, conditioner. So I, I was like, oh, this is good for the environment. Let me try that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have long hair. Yeah. So parts ah, of my hair okay. were, were washed and parts were not, and uh, the, the the conditioner. Um, was just hurt, hurt because it was yanking my hair. I was like, uh, okay. okay, now so, so now I'm back. Back uh, I now have uh, shampoo and recycled plastic. Okay. Uh, packaging, so I'm back to liquid again because it's yeah. nice sometimes to do that, but it's not always feasible. So if you have short hair, give shampoo bars a try. Yeah. If you have long hair, uh, they need to come with a better solution. Another thing I tried, kind of show this. Is this browse? What is that? It's a little As box. We, we, this is a podcasting. Of, we need to <laughs> we need to describe what we're doing. So okay. <laughs> other people, other, <laughs> I'm getting complaints, and people are like, "Yeah, yeah, they're constantly showing stuff, and I can't I'm see it." I'm trying to make people watch the feed. So they are laundry sheets. A laundry is just like a white, uh -huh. rectangular. It's like a piece of paper. Uh -huh. It smells a, a little bit like sea breeze. And you put one of those things in in your in your in, with a load of wash. Yeah. So you load it, but in your washing a, a machine, and then it just just it is just like a powder or a liquid. But you just oh. put this in, in in inside of the oh, on top funny. of your. So there's laundry. soap. Is there soap in it or? It it it, it is soap. It oh, is your, okay. Is your, oh, interesting. So it's 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 just not a packaging. So this is dissolves it, it dissolves completely, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's rectangular, a rectangular another rectangular it's <laughs> I, I i'm sensing a theme here 
the board yeah. are sponsoring this podcast. They like yeah. Angular so, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's cool. Uh, I've never just, seen that. Yeah. So Is it expensive? It's the same price. So mm-hmm. it's 10, 10 bucks for 32 sheets. Oh. And it comes from the, uh, you can make a subscription. Uh-huh. And it comes in the, in in the, in in the mail, so it fits in your in your, in your mailbox. Oh, nice. And it, it I do I, I I use it and three months mm-hmm. with this with this little box, and then it, yeah it, it gets the job done. Uh-huh. I have one sheet. It can do the hot uh, the whites. I can yeah. do the black wash. I can make doesn't matter what color it is. Yeah. Doesn't matter how dirty it is. Okay. It, it does gets the job done. So this is the first product that's both environmental friendly and it's also usable because that's yeah. that's one of my irks with it so there's alternatives for stuff and then you try it and it it, it, deg- it kind of works it's a degradation of your quality yeah. of life yeah which yeah. which we, makes it harder to uh to to yeah. continue doing it yeah one yeah. one of the ways in which i'm trying to uh do my 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 part for <laughs> like uh changing my behavior is I'm I'm uh, kind of following your example in, in in trying to cut out meat during the week. So I'm I'm reserving meat for for the weekend, um, and I'm I'm switching to all sorts of other uh, alternatives. And and actually, it's fun. It reminds me of the time that I went vegan for a year, and I I've never cooked so much as during that time because I was constantly challenged to come up with recipes that are tasty but contain no meat. And so I've that's why the tofu is currently dripping on my. Oh shoot! I hope it's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I post. A, I'll post a, a photo on uh, on Facebook what it looks like. Uh, but um, the, uh, uh, the the tofu is one of one of the things that I want to try out. But I'm also more and more into beans. And so this morning, for instance, I made this uh, uh, tortilla with uh, with with Mexican beans. And then I figured out how to actually make that much better than the previous time that I tried it. And I discovered that by going, by walking to Arnhem, I'm not kidding you. So I had to train walking. So I did this long, long walk. It's 50 kilometers. Because, and and, uh, when I go on long walks like that, I always have to come up with a carrot. I need some motivation to go to that place. And normally I go to the zoo because I like being at the zoo, but I had already been to the zoo the the previous week. So I I need another carrot. What am I going to look forward to what's keep me go- and then i knew it there is actually one of the only taco bells in the netherlands oh, is in arnhem and taco bell for me is pure nostalgia the very first time that i went to the united states in my life uh, the people that i stayed with took me to taco bell for my first meal i had never heard of taco bell they say oh yeah it's kind of big here like, wow, that's fast food, but it's not hamburgers? Wait, it's Mexican food? Oh, my gosh, I got to try that. I remember I ordered, like, burritos, and I I barely, I didn't even know what Mexican food tasted like. So I ate that, and I was like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. Why don't we have Taco Bell in the Netherlands? I would eat there every single day. And so, of course, it's totally not based on fact. Because Taco Bell is, well, it's Taco Bell. But in my mind, it is this comfort food supreme. It's like what mac and cheese is to so many other people on this Taco Bell. So I I was like, okay, I want to have that same 
sensation again. I'm going to walk all the way to Arnhem. I'm going to find a Taco Bell, which was very hard to find because it's kind of hidden away in a little street near the, the, the Pate movie theater near the station. But I found it. And I, so I entered a restaurant expecting this big, like, McDonald's-like, you know, space where you can sit at a table and there's music and stuff. And instead, it's the weirdest restaurant that I've ever seen, Inge. It was the size, literally, I'm not kidding you, of the studio where I'm currently sitting. It was like four by three. Tiny little rectangular space. There were no people there. There were like three tables with a few chairs. And there was a counter, but there was no personnel. And there was only, like, there were two monitors on the right side, to like vertical screens mm-hmm. with touch screen technology. And you had to literally go to up to walk up to one of those screens and say, and then just tap on what you wanted to eat. And then, okay, uh, I'm going for tacos. I love tacos. And in my mind, you get these like golden shells, like a little bit like crispy. And then it's filled with cheese and I don't know what and, and, and ground beef and nice sauce. And it was like already salivating when I was choosing. And the image looked really cool. Like, oh yeah, taco. I'm going to take a, an extra taco dinner. So I was like, extra large. And, and, so, and then it asked me, so what do you ha- want to have as filling? Like, okay, black beans and this and that. And I was just adding, it was like, oh my gosh, these are going to be the biggest tacos ever. I love this. I love this already. And then, so you click on, you pay, and then you hear sounds in the kitchen. It's like, okay, uh, we have a customer. Oh, hey, let's call. I need to call my mom. We have a customer. Oh my gosh. Oh, he wants tacos. <laughs> I'm just making this up. But anyway, five minutes later, someone appears with a small tray and says, yeah, number 52, number 52. It's probably the 52nd customer of the year. Like 50, uh, oh, that's me. But I'm looking at the plate. It's like, no, that's probably not for me because it's like, it's like no, I ordered like big tacos. No, he said, these are the tacos. <laughs> yeah, seriously, those are the tacos. Like two tiny little packages of, of flimsy paper and on the inside, not a nice golden crispy taco filled to the brim with goodies. No, it was just basically this tiny little flat floppy pancake. That's not a taco. It's like a, basically a, 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 a tortilla, not cooked or fried or anything. And then on the inside was this tiny little sliver of black beans, a tiny, tiny little sliver of, of whatever white cream. And then some chopped up salad, let lettuce, and then ma- and then oh, and then the hot sauce came in t- in two plastic packages. So you had to put the hot sauce on yourself. And then there, they had some grated cheese, which like was barely recognizable as che- as cheese. Didn't have didn't taste like cheese. It was just a bit of salty substance. And so, like, I paid <laughs> eight bucks for this. Okay, I'm, I'm cured of my Taco Bell <laughs> infatuation, but now I want to know how, how can I do this at home and how can I do this better? So I literally, I opened, I did a vivisection on the, on the table. I opened the, the little pancake. I was like, what's in there? Okay, that, that's just black beans. That's easy. I can, I can make that. Um, what's that white stuff? I tasted it. Mm, that's just creme fraiche. You know, it's sour, just sour, sour, sour cream. cream. Yeah. It's just sour cream. Yeah. 
I have that at home as well. The lettuce, the cheese. I, I will put real cheese in there, and I'm just going to make a much bigger version of this. And th so that's what I did this morning. I created my own Taco Bell experience. And the, the one thing I did as well is I put it in a pan with some oil so it gets a little bit, you know, crispy and it gets some taste and the, and the, the, the cheese actually melts. And that was so good, seriously. And it filled me up because it was full of protein. And it got the whole wheat uh, tortilla uh, shell and it was so good. It was so good. So, um, yeah, the only thing that it that it was lacking was was um uh, what well, i i actually like the ground the ground beef um but I, I well it was friday so i was like okay what else can i put in so i didn't put tofu in it though i just used the beans and that actually you know it, i i didn't really miss it so yeah i had a blast i had a blast we are on the cutting edge of technology wow well, what does that mean? Let's plug it in. It's going to say, hey, I see you plugged in a new device. And it's going to load in the appropriate drivers. You'll notice that this scanner built... Whoa. Well, all your technology stuff it just ends in disaster. But there is one more thing. There's one more thing. There is this one final segment, which is about technology and video games. Uh, I just put them together because I don't always play video games or I usually play the same video games, but technology, that's always in my life. And so um, I, I wanted to, to share with you a very, very cool piece of software that I found uh, the other day. Or actually, I, I, I had discovered it a while ago, um, but I've been trying it out on, on one of my homilies. So, you know, I do these, these is like, what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I stream mass. I stream mass every week, right? And then I do usually a, a homily that is way too long. It's like 20 minutes and it's like, okay. But it's, I, I, I try to connect the gospel with the geek stories and movies and stuff. So uh, it's off the cuff and it's not, it's not my best, you know, my best work, but it, it, it functions. It works. But the problem is, I can't tell people, hey, go watch my homily of last Sunday. It's only 25 minutes long. Like, everybody's like, what? It, wait a minute, you were Catholic? <laughs> this sounds more like something you would get in these hardcore Protestant churches where, yeah, the, the, the pastor is preaching for, for, for an hour, alternated with uh, psalms. But I was like, okay, how, how am I going to invite people to check out the Mass? And I, that's where this piece of software came in. It's called Descript. And what it does is you upload the, the video. So I isolated the audio from the, or the video actually of the, of the homily. You upload it there. It makes this transcription. That in itself Ooh. is nothing, nothing special because there are, there are lots of other uh, software solutions that will do that as well. Uh, nowadays, even YouTube has automatic subtitles. Uh, so they will just transcribe it there for you. Um, but th here's the catch. You then get a screen, and on the right side, you see your video with some tools. On the lower part of your screen, there's a timeline. And on the left side is your transcript. And then I notice how often I say, um. And you know, kind of. So it's because I speak off the cuff, it's filled with filler words. 
So I'm looking at that text, and it actually has already detected those filler words. And it has an option, remove filler words. So I was like, okay, wow. click. And then tick, 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 all the filler words, all the ums, all the kind of like, you know, what, whatever. It removes it. But the thing is, the video also removes it. So it takes out all these filler words. And the video on the right side and in the timeline is now completely devoid of filler words. And then I'm thinking, okay, I, I want this part of the homily. This would be, if I can reduce this to one minute, I, I can post it as a short on, on YouTube. And so what you do is I start to to work in the text as if I'm working on a word processor. I was like, oh yeah, this is redundant. This is an example that is not important. Delete, 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 delete. It takes out all the phrases and half phrases and words. And I end up with a one minute video of this tiny little thing that I say about the Our Father. And then on the right side, you can start adding stuff. So I was like, okay, give me subtitles. It creates dynamic subtitles where it will highlight the word every, every time it's spoken. You can do a waveform. If, if it's just a podcast, you can have these like little you know, wave shapes. You can add a timer that will show you. It's, it's like a, a big bar, that, like a progress bar. So people know how long the video in its it will last and then you just save it as an mp4 and you can export it to whatever social platform or you can even export the entire timeline and import it into final cut or adobe premiere and 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 continue to work on that hallelujah <laughs> it's wow. amazing Inge. it's 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 video editing but it is as simple as using a word processor. And they just launched a, uh, like a, a, a new feature. Like it's still in beta. Um, and I just got the email before we started recording that I've been accepted into the beta. Where it's even more powerful. You can say, hey, um, once you've, you've, you've curated your text, you can then say, this, this needs an illustration. And you just mark it in the text with a, a, a tilde or a flash forward. So you add these little little markers in your text, and then you want filler. Okay, put all put some images on the right, or they even have like a deal with a, a big provider of footage, and you just take a, a, an image and you bring it over to the to the to the phrases that you want to be covered with that image, and then boom, it it just puts it there in the time. Wow, it, it's word processing. Video editing it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And so I, I was thinking, okay, this, this can be a great asset. First of all, it makes me much more aware of the fact that when I do my homily, I should prepare. And I should not do homilies <laughs> of 25 minutes where like 30% of the words that I say consist of um, like, uh, kind of, you know. <laughs> so I want to make my homilies a bit more concise. But then... I, I, what I, I think would be really cool is to just create these little excerpts. And you can do this with, video, with a homily, but you can also do it with a podcast like this one. Just take out these little fragments and then just post them. And there's no video editing involved. Oh, I love it already. It's so cool. I love technology. But now my head is hurting. So, Inga, what, what video game should I play tonight? Actually, I believe all of that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to play around with these dinosaurs anymore. They make my head hurt even more. Now, you, in the show notes, I see you have some, some tips yeah, for, was, for video I, games. I know. I, was, I wanted to talk about it, but I just wanted to poke fun of you. Because I know you're having a hard time with Ark Survival Evolved. But I saw um, on Steam that there are a couple of interesting uh, bargains to, to be had. Okay. The first is uh, Planet Zoo. Planet oh. Zoo is a, is is where is a is a, a very uh, nice game which I also have on, mm-hmm. installed. And you basically, you are the manager of a zoo, and you have to make a zoo, make sure that it, it's like uh, a pla- uh, roller coaster tycoon, but then zoos. Oh, nice! So you so, raise animals, and oh, I love you that. raise animals. You have to buy animals, uh, but you may you have to make sure that they don't die, that they the, the defenses are are, are oh. good because they don't, otherwise otherwise they will ex- escape. That sounds uh, like Jurassic Park with animals. That's yes. such an innovative so, idea. And there's also tours. <laughs> there's also you can make you build a train. So there's, there's a kind of safari cool. that you make. A, so uh, and and the, 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 you, you need to make money by drawing uh, visitors, and you need, they they get hungry, so you need to buy food stands. And so they have all kinds of packs. So the Australian zoo uh, animals, so they have an uh, aquatic pack, a oh, conservation cool. pack. Yeah. So all those DLCs you can buy. Nice. And it's seventy percent off right now. That's a pretty good deal. And what's the other the game? First of August. The other game uh, is uh, one of the, that that you also play. Mm-hmm. That's uh, No Man's Sky. Yeah. They have a new update, the endurance update, and it's now fifty percent off. And oh, if you, I'd love to play that game. Have with not, the uh, if you have not uh, gotten this game, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it's a steal to get it for fifty percent off because there's so much so much that comes with it. Yeah, you so travel from uh, planet to planet in basically an yeah. an, an endless universe. And you can land yeah. on a planet and explore and gather resources. And and now you can play together. You can play with yeah. groups of people. And it's, yeah, it's it's yeah. nothing like the game when it launched. No, um, so if you so if you haven't gotten it yet, uh, it's uh, now's the time. Let us I know if you're on uh, our Discord server and you uh, you have No Man's Sky. You want to play it with uh, with uh, with the club? I definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, would would uh, would welcome a change uh, from 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 the hot dinosaurs and hot in terms of the temperature is always hot, <laughs> uh, and 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 walk around on some on some icy planets. I'd I'd love to do that. So let us know on Discord. And with that, we need to wrap things up. We uh, this was a, a bit longer than I anticipated, but I hope you enjoyed the company. Uh, this show is for whenever you need a break. We're here for you and. Uh, one of the things I always do at the end of uh, my other show, uh, or what I used to do on Father Roderick to the Max, is end with a, a quote. Uh, I used to have, when I, way back when, 15 years ago, when I did the Daily Breakfast, I always ended with the, 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 the thought of the day or something like that. And I want to bring that back here. And uh, this week's inspirational thought is, don't measure how valuable you are by the way you are treated. And that's a, that's a good one. Don't measure yourself. Don't measure how valuable you are by the way you are treated. Because people may treat you wrong. And they may mistreat you. They may hurt you. They may criticize you. They may make fun of you. When you're not good at, at managing digital dinosaurs. But that doesn't say anything about who you are in real life. Yeah, I, I may be bad with digital dinosaurs. But I, I'm still worth it. <laughs> that's my thought of the week. Inga, thank you so much for joining me today. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and uh, see you next week. Bye-bye.